Welcome everyone's First Principles Podcast. We are your hosts as always. This is Trees and I'm joined by my lovely guest. You know who I am. Yeah, we know we know who you are. You know need no need for introductions. But for those of you who don't know, the epic, illustrious <laughs> Elliot Uh yeah. Anyways, this is the Fresh Principles Podcast where we break things down from the ground up. So, today is the episode where we took a, a look at a recent pod, uh, sorry, a recent documentary that was released by Michael Moore and um, another uh, a friend of his. I, what was the other guy's name? The other guy's name was Jeff Gibbs. Jeff Gibbs, right. Michael Moore and Jeff Gibbs, they've been a team for many years. They've done a lot of work together. They've done a bunch of documentaries, and this time Jeff Gibbs was, I guess, taking the lead, and mm. Michael Moore was more of an executive producer type of role. So they released a new film called The Planet of the Humans, and um, we took a look at it. It had some interesting messages about the whole um, environmental direction, the environmental movement, where we're going with things, and um, yeah, we wanted to just talk about it uh it seems to have gotten a lot of attention and we just want to talk about our reaction to it and see whether or not it has any things that are valid things that maybe are or are not and just try to take an honest look at things and so without further ado um elliot maybe you want to jump into some of your thoughts on the matter or thoughts on the documentary for sure again planet of the humans recently released maybe like a month ago three weeks ago or something yeah like that. it was uh pretty, released on earth day yeah earth day earth right day, yeah so pretty recent about a month ago mm -hmm. about that and uh i think it was primarily or only shown on youtube and it's at right. eight million views which mm -hmm. ca caught my attention I, you know right it's been a while since I've watched uh, environmental documentary, and I was curious, mm -hmm. like, what kind of messages are being uh, talked about in these documentaries now? Because I watched a couple maybe eight years ago, different time, different, right. you know, the world was a little different, our, our thoughts on the environment mm -hmm. were a little different, the technology was a little different, so. Actually, yeah, the last one I watched was that Leonardo DiCaprio one where um that may have been 2015 2016-ish that uh, he released right one. I don't know if you yes that one. yes yes yeah some yeah similar idea i guess but sorry continue yeah no i remember that so that was mm. that was yeah 2015 shortly after he did like a un speech and stuff yeah he was a un climate ambassador flying around all over the world on his jet airplane like okay yeah the uh, <laughs> optics on that wasn't great and uh <laughs> but they offset it with a bunch of carbon emissions credits to their um i guess to to be uh, on, on their side of the, of the, I mean, of the if, matter if, so, if they plant a tree then i mean it's yeah. okay then right <laughs> i guess Frank, i don't know i don't know if that actually has any environmental but the, yeah well, that's a whole other podcast <laughs> yeah i get into that yeah yeah. yeah yeah back to the environmental documentary at hand yeah well <clears throat> i decided to make two lists okay one list what i liked about the documentary mm -hmm. the second some of my issues and and to be clear this isn't a debunk video you know i think there are some of those out there that really take an in-depth look at what they said this is us reacting to it in a way and giving us kind of like off-the-cuff thoughts on uh on the documentary as a whole but um all right let's jump into what i, I liked about it mm -hmm. okay i 
I like. By the way, very rational approach. Break it down. What you like, what you don't like. All right. Let's, Simple yeah, as that. I just want to add that. But yeah, go yeah. on. What, what did you like about it? I like that it posed a question. Um, and this is the question. It said, is it possible for machines made by the industrialized civilization to save us from the industrial civilization? I, I like that because it was like, it was like it, one in the same uh, we're kind of using the two together. It's like this vicious circle in my mind. So it was just an interesting question. I liked him posing that in the, in this. Um, he also points out how uh, certain forms of green or renewable energy depend on fossil fuels or other potential non-renewable sources of energy to, at the very least, create the raw materials they're made out of. And, you know, this is only in some cases, and I'll touch on why this mm-hmm. is maybe not applicable across the board, but I liked him talking about how, you know, we currently use these uh, mighty machines, as they might be called sometimes, uh, bulldozers, mining equipment that are run on diesel mm-hmm. gas to mine the raw materials that we use in just about everything we build and, and including the components of these renewable energy, energy devices or, or parts to devices that are generating renewable energy. Um, I think that's an important thing to bring up because it's kind of hidden in a way. So that brings me to the next part. He points out the greenwashing tactics that are used in the past or have been used in the past are currently being used by companies to completely mislead us to take something, say it's green when it's obviously red, but they're trying to convince us of something else. And, and it, to the extent that, you know, let's be real here. Some of the green energies that we are thinking that need to be you know um, promoted more and used more also have a downside and he point he's pointing out some of the downsides um there's a lot of misleading parts to how he points it out Mm -hmm. which i don't like and we'll talk about a bit later Mm -hmm. but he is pointing it out that there are some downsides and we should open our eyes to it because it's not perfect and last but not least because he just you know when I see Michael Moore make a documentary or this Jeff Gibbs guy, they they have their artistic license, right? They really want to paint a story. And there's a lot of metaphor and analogy I feel like they're trying to do in the imagery they show. So as I, I, I was conflicted if I put this on my not like list or my <laughs> like list, but okay. the there's these montages of like large-scale operations of mining or smelting that are flashing across the screen. Now, I like them because I don't feel like humans, people get to see this enough. Like this is reality. This is yeah. how, how a lot of things are made. I think there was a lot of misleading uh, in, in how he showed those I- images, in the context he showed those images, mm-hmm. which made me not like them. But just to show the images, I thought they were fun. I thought they were important for people to see that um, these massive processes like smelting and uh, mining, you know, they're very destructive. Um, he does- Mind you, when he was showing the mining of cobalt, he pretty much showed that, oh, it was all from uh, African children mining right. and like, come on, So man. misleading. Like, so dude, misleading. You could, he like, he really? sprinkled in yes. a narrative. He didn't explicitly say it. But he, he, just by th- showing those images, he implied that this is how it's all happening, that there's no companies that are doing it right or doing it better than others, that they're all mm-hmm. 
doing it this and this. It's all dirty. 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 Yeah. Exploiting children. It's Mm -hmm. nasty. Yeah. Okay. So that that pretty much wraps up my list of things uh, I liked about it. I could jump into what I don't like about it right now, but maybe you want to talk about what you liked about it. Mm-hmm. Did you want to go into some of those things? Like, um, you know, for example, number one, where you said mighty machines can save us or the, the question of whether the machines can save us from the problems that were first created by the machines themselves. Do you want to go into like unpacking that a little bit? Or yeah, I want to just... get into that, but I want to conclude with that actually okay. today. So, um, <laughs> okay. yeah, because that's a big one. I just okay. like that. We're, I like the premise of it because, some you know AI what? AI shit. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This documentary, you know, threw a curveball. Like, even environmentalists are frustrated with it because he didn't. It wasn't like a clean like we need to go soul. It was it was different, and that's um, <clears throat> what I'm trying to say here is it was I don't very think stark. Yeah, it was very stark. So um, he and he asked some interesting questions, even though the approach and okay. what he presented was a little off to me, but. We'll get to that a bit later. Okay, yeah, yeah. We can unpack all those uh, points you outline in more detail. All right, so maybe I'll get into, yeah, my thoughts on it and um, from a broader point of view. And I would say overall, this movie, like you said, does touch on certain things that I think are really important. And um, for example, for me, the things that I did like where where he talked about the sustainability of groundwater reuse and, mm. um, you know, considering how that's something that we are much more um, knowledgeable of just due to the exposure of it. We've read a lot of um material related to these subjects we are aware that these are things that do need to you know be considered because the rate at which we're taking out water from our groundwater resources Mm. is greater than the rate at which they're being replenished and right now it's not a big deal but slowly you know at, at a certain point yeah the whole question of sustainability it will become kind of slapping our, our face. Yeah. So um, I think that those things are pretty important. But when it comes to the solutions, like, you know, I always try to look at when we look dealing with problems. All right. When we have problems, what are the solutions mm. that can be, you know, are, are being put forward as well? Because it's easy to just put forward a bunch of issues, a bunch of problems. But if you have real character, then you need to also simultaneously come up with some semblance of solutions. And maybe that's Absolutely. not your job. Okay, I get it. Maybe you're just a journalist, right? But at least put it out that that is the case. Because yeah. when it comes to the solution, the ultimate solution that is being proposed by this documentary, I think it is deeply flawed, extremely flawed. Even though I agree with some of the points that it makes in terms of the environmental sustainability that's required for future generations, yes, but in terms of solutions being proposed, it's essentially population control, limiting the number of people that are born. So essentially, if you're a responsible and moral individual, then you shouldn't have kids. Well, you know what? If that's your thought, then by all means, do not procreate do not pass your genes to future generations and by all means we'll have less like people like you so thank you that's a that's a great solution for people like you yeah. but from my perspective 
the way that I see it is that the more people that we have that are living wealthy, then the more people that we have that are contributing their brain power to these solutions. And that's a real thing that people need to consider. So that's the ultimate argument for me when it comes to looking at, well, okay, we need population control, we need less people, less people. Well, when you also consider it from the opposite point of view, when you have more people but that are enriched, Right after there's been it's been shown that after a certain point of GDP, once you have a certain amount of money that you're making, they're no longer con, uh, concerned about meeting your basic demands. Mm. Right? It's like the that that we all know that pyramid of basic demands that any individual needs. Where first it's your shelter, food, water, and then once you have those basic things met, mm. then it comes to those uh, deeper psychological needs, love, um, relationships community, uh, fulfillment, passion, those types of things. And those things occur when we have more money, when we have higher GDP. So to me, it's not necessarily um, limiting the number of people, but it's uh, encouraging more people and then making them richer, helping them richer, helping them to get richer so that they can contribute to solving the problem. But Again, if you were to point out to this guy, if you were to say that to this guy, okay, how do we make people richer? Okay, well, we use the the markets, the greater drive, the greatest driver of economic wealth in modern history or, or that we know of. And he would point out this individual, um, Gibbs and Michael Moore, because he's co-signed it, are saying capitalism would not lead to that. Capitalism has actually been the detriment of the green movement. Capitalism has led to greenwashing. Good point. That is a great point. I definitely agree that greenwashing is a thing. And we need to be mindful of that because freaking large corporations, they see a movement, they see a wave, and what they'll do is they'll hop onto it and, oh, we have green products, this, this, this. But it's like when you look into it, it's not green, quote unquote, at all. Yeah. By any metric or definition except some arbitrary one that they chose to use so that is definitely a thing but again when it comes to capitalism as the greatest driver of wealth that is uh, undeniable and to quote um yeah to quote this movie it literally said capitalism is a cancer capitalism is a cancer on the planet so when you're looking at it from that point of view then it's like it's tough to like really have a discussion. So I'm gonna to touch on one of the things that you pointed out even um, when it comes to the mining, right? The shots of the mining, it's, you know, um, he there he's criticizing, for example, uh, Tesla, electric vehicles. Oh, well, you know what? You have to mine for the raw minerals in order to create the batteries that those electric cars run on. True, 100% true. Mm -hmm. You know what else requires that? How about the camera that you use in order to shoot this movie? How about the computer that you use in order to produce this movie? How about you take a second and pause and consider that you being able to shoot this movie, produce this movie, has originated from a mining process, you ignorant fool, okay? So if you wanted to not produce a movie, okay, yeah. 
how do I even say this? It's like, you're criticizing literally the thing that helped you produce the movie. Like, you're shouting at the people that helped you make your movie. Like, come on, man. Like, really? Like, really? Well, I, it goes, but it goes back. It almost goes right back to that first question, though. The first yeah. question is, is can we solve the problems of an industrialized civilization with the uh, tools of an industrial civilization? But in this case, it's like, can we warn people about the problems of an industrial uh, uh, in industrial civilization w without using the tools that are generated mm -hmm. by it. You know, it's there's all these hypocrisies there. But what I wanted to bring up there was you, you started off by saying how important it was to provide solutions. Um, but even if you can't provide solutions, maybe the rule of journalists and documentarians is not to do the solutions part. Okay, and maybe maybe they didn't want to go and interview the experts who might have solutions. Fair enough, fair enough. I think that the biggest issue with I had with this film was they didn't even do a good job at fairly defining the problems. They 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 chose to, you know, create this, you know, problem scenario based on cherry picked items and then didn't even give it the time of day to do the research on them to 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 put them in a fair light and and i i will get into some of those biases i think that exist there when i talk about the things i didn't like about it but i wanted to say that was like okay you know what <sighs> i was so disappointed by the conclusion and the solution which i want to talk about the, at the end of this because i think the whole thing about population control which seemed to be the underlying or message overpopulation there there's a couple i've actually typed verbatim the ending part because i want to break down some of the things he says <laughs> in there but okay. i think that I like you that. you pinned down one of them and that was that was good um but um yeah should i get into what i didn't like about it or did you want to yeah, say something yeah, there? yeah. no jump in jump okay in. um so right off the bat <clears throat> problem <laughs> with the, this documentary is information was about 10 to 30 years dated okay like jeff i i noticed like he was talking about he how he was a tree hugger how he built his sustainable house he didn't really go into like if that was a success or not which um i thought was interesting but then he starts to like talk about he starts to shit on solar and its capabilities, but he's talking about it like back in the 90s or early 2000s. And then like he continues to build mm. off this old footage and I... Yeah, the efficiencies it, that they quoted for solar were much lower than what's currently available. Which that makes no actually, sense yeah. to me. Like at least if you want to talk about you know, where solar started at and where it's going, I mean, this it came out in 2020, at least... If you have the footage from the past, you could narrate over and explain how that has changed now in the present day. But he didn't do that. So mm -hmm. I, I was left with his, like, almost like this was a project he had been sitting on, mm -hmm. you know, maybe made mm -hmm. it like 10 yeah. years ago. And then he's <laughs> yeah, like, you know yeah. what? I, now's the time. Now's I'm going to put this together exactly. now. Um, so. Legit, so, actually. You so, did have that feeling. Yeah. So, and then I was playing around with this idea that I was like, okay, what if. What if the documentary, you know, is not maybe factually correct, but does it, you know, does it contain enough um, metaphorical truths that might lead it to lead the environmental movement in the right direction? Even, and I, 
I don't think it does. I think I'm. I think he threw the baby out with the bathwater. I think mm-hmm. the way he attacked both fossil fuels and green energy in a way yeah. that was so biased, like everything we do, you know, requires this environmental demand. It was. It was mm-hmm. not necessarily very productive for the environmental movement. Now it did bring to the attention of people this idea of our consumption you know our maybe our overconsumption in some people's opinion and maybe how we can like make better decisions about that but i think mm-hmm. the the amount of metaphorical truths that he, he brings up in this are outweighed by the misinformation uh so I, he threw the baby out with the bathwater. that's what i think um yeah and i do agree like we do need to try to focus on reducing individual consumption but at the end of the day, people are still going to travel the world. Like, think about how yeah. much amazing joy is, people receive when they travel to different countries and learn different cultures and eat different foods. And yeah, some people might say, oh, tourism, it destroys certain places. But at the end of the day, it also brings money to those places. And a lot of that is fueled by fossil fuels, fueled by airplane industries. So. You know, people aren't going to reduce the amount of travel that they do. Maybe a little bit now due to all this COVID stuff, but eventually it's going to go. <laughs> it's going to go back up. Yeah. Because there is that thirst. People do want to see what the world has to offer. People want, and that's why you see so many travel bloggers on Instagram and all that stuff. So that's one hundred percent. And I wanted to say um, what you were saying about the technology stuff. I think is one hundred percent true that they weren't being honest with what the currently available best technologies are. For example, they didn't talk about scrubbers that are used for incinerators. So when you have the combustion that takes place, these scrubbers they will capture those exhaust gases uh, within certain liquids, within certain liquids. Um, and that way you are preventing the emissions of those gases into the atmosphere so there's different ways that waste is managed now and um when you say that it was not positive for the for the environmental movement i would say that this was essentially a total shot at the environmental Mm. technology movement essentially saying that it's been corrupted there's no um there's no benefit from it anymore and again the only solution was population control the only solution yeah yeah one thing uh i wanted to say was i think um we know you know we actually need to look into this more and maybe we do a whole podcast on this but um you know, the podcast might look like, what do we imagine uh, the energy uh, resources, our energy um, um, grid will look like in the future? Like what kind of proportions of, of renewables will be? And what if we're using if we're using still fossil fuels, how much is it realistic to say how much uh, carbon capture can actually be on them? Because there's problems with car- carbon capture. There's there's a lot of um, things we haven't gotten into about it being implemented and and. I can imagine a scenario where if we just went full head and didn't reduce car- carbon, um, uh, you know, um, fossil fuels, uh, like coal plants and stuff like that, and just said, we're going to slap carbon capture on all of them, there's probably going to be issues with that. Um, so there are solutions. We understand that this is a nuanced, complex decision, and somewhere is a hybrid system that can probably generate the optimal um, uh, forms of energy that we need to maintain um, what in this current state of um, demand and, and and into the future, but that's outside the, the scope of this right now. But I just mm-hmm. wanted to 
wanted to clarify that like i know we've brought up scrubbers before in the past and they're not the magic bullet necessarily mm -hmm. for all things when we understand that uh mm -hmm. but here's the issue he doesn't talk about some of these nuanced things like he will shit on coal plants and saying how natural gas you know uh they just you know they shut those down for natural gas but he won't go into why is natural gas a little step better why is it that when you uh, you know the the when you start to burn methane which is predominant gas in natural gas why is that better than coal for the environment and yeah natural gas isn't ideal and leaking methane because it has a higher you know greenhouse gas potential is bad and and it's not ideal but it is a step better but he doesn't really talk about why it is and then he'll go on and say something about these uh i don't even know what they're called what, what are those um like concentrated solar plants i think they're called concentrated solar plants mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay i don't know too much about these I, I think maybe they are a bit failed in some attempts but solar mm -hmm. you know he doesn't talk about um solar could look really different when it's mounted on everybody's roof roof mounted solo solar you know there's there he doesn't talk about the latest most efficient ones like i think the uh one clip he shows about the efficiency of some solar panels was like around 8% and there were these flimsy mm -hmm. ones that the guys were showing and he was talking about how many, mm -hmm. um, you know, the area required is massive to house these. Well, first off, they're way more efficient uh, nowadays, like up in the 80s, I believe, percent efficiency uh, uh, solar panels. High? I think they've gotten much really? high, higher. Oh. Yeah. I might be wrong. And I was wrong. Although the average efficiency of solar panels today is higher than the 8% efficiency of the panels mentioned in the documentary, average solar panel efficiencies sit around 17%, nowhere near the 80% I mentioned. Notably, however, the most efficient solar panels on the market today can reach around 23% efficiency. And now, back to the podcast. <clears throat> but I think he's he's really off on that. Yeah, no, it's definitely and, more than eight percent. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, and he, and it was like not even talking about the logistics. Like mounting, why would we need to strip a hole? He like almost seemed like he was like we got to clear cut a bunch. We got to put these things in the desert. What about putting them onto these roofs that we don't use for anything else besides keeping rain? Yeah, and like if you're somewhere in California or somewhere in Arizona, yeah, somewhere in uh, that's plentiful with regards to the sun then and then you know that needs to be coupled with energy storage however again this guy pretty much shits on energy storage as well so right? it's, so it's you know solar panels are bad windmills are bad <laughs> energy storage that's coupled with them is bad yeah these are things are all flawed well yeah guess what every technology is somewhat flawed that's the whole point of progress you go from a shitty steam engine to a freaking tesla okay that's what progress is and can we this whole notion of can technology be used to solve technology sorry can technology be used to solve problems caused by technology it's like yes that's pretty yes. much what technology does it solves problems and where did those problems come from either from t like human either people didn't know about the existence of this problem they solved like an unknown demand or it was something where people needed help but it's, it's a problem that needs solving yeah, okay so that logic is so flawed i'm thinking about right now because mm -hmm. here it is 
you know, you have, uh, you know, very primitive man. Maybe the only technology is the wheel and fire, okay? Well, what else is still out there? All the problems for survival, all the disease, okay? Me medicine creates problems, but medicine solves so many problems, right? Yeah. The, you know, the, the, the way that we've created structures and the way of getting around, they've, you know, allowed us to solve problems with our climate and keeping people healthy. Yes, they've caused caused problems too. It's it's there's a give and take, and it's like if you there's tons of problems that exist before technology. Technology came about to start solving the problems that exist before we quote unquote call things technology. Even when you look at London during the Industrial Revolution, and it was reported they had crazy amounts of smog, and that was due to all of the emissions from from the plants there because it was a, a industrial powerhouse you could see paintings created by monet and all the great painters showing depicting london covered by fog it's very very prominent yeah or covered by fog and smog so if you look at that problem that was generated by technology right and then through increasing better technology more efficient production and some of it moving overseas as well now that issue has been ameliorated or made better so i mean that's one example right there technology has helped solve the issue of smog which at first was generated via technology mm -hmm. um you know technology always solves issues regardless of what the source is whether it's from nature or it's an issue created by other technologies if you look at apps the like for example that's a whole beauty of tertiary or secondary apps right um you have a, an issue with one app there's another app that comes up that supplements that app and then helps you with it for example you have a bunch of social media accounts and there's a social media account manager app that somebody created so now you can instead of logging into each every single social media app okay here's another technological solution to the problem that was created by all of these other uh, social media apps because you have to spend so much time, right? So the problem is you have a bunch of time that you gotta spend, so let's help you out by creating this other app that's gonna match everything. So all that to say is that the problem was created by technology, but another solution came from technology as well. So <laughs> I'm going off right Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It clearly, yeah, st struck a chord with you. No, like, uh, yeah, yeah. some silly shit, man. This, uh, this man has yeah. no place. Honestly, I'm going to go off. No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know what? I think there's more to go off on. Let us uh, let me read, mm -hmm. okay, his conclusion. Um, you know, so mm -hmm. I don't know how long this, it was an hour or something. In the last 10 minutes, uh, we get we get him talking about his uh his his thoughts about what he meant by this mm -hmm. whole documentary and and what some solutions are yeah but uh let me just go <laughs> through it and then uh we can rip into it <laughs> okay so <clears throat> he says uh now i know this might seem overwhelming it's the kind of thing we normally don't try and think about but by not thinking about it it stands a good chance of doing us in I truly believe that the path to change comes from awareness, that awareness alone can begin to create the transformation. There is a way out of this. We humans must accept that infinite growth on a finite planet is suicide. We must accept that our human presence is already far beyond sustainability 
and all that implies. We must take control of our environmental movement and our future from billionaires and their permanent war on planet Earth. They are not our friends. Less must be the new more. Sorry, less must be the new more. And instead of climate change, we must at long last accept that it's not the carbon dioxide molecule destroying the planet. It's us. It's not one thing, but everything we humans are doing. A human-caused apocalypse. If we get ourselves under control, all things are possible. And if we don't, and the way for it, he cuts to the most giant, very sad analogy I've seen in a long time, <laughs> which was rainforest deforestation, some chimps in the trees, then these, these chimps are forced to be in this one tree that's, you know, in this desert of you know, wasteland created by the deforestation. And then it cuts to like one chimp who's like in this muddy river where like a human pulls him out. And then, you know, they're like taking pictures with the little chimp and then he like lies down and I don't know if he's dying or if he's taking a nap, but they're like kind of petting him on the head and they kind of zoom into his face. It was very, it was very strange. Um, and that's how it ends. So I, I highlighted some some of this because I'm like, what is he trying to get at here? Because he he hasn't very clearly said, you know, what he thinks, and you know, well, I no, he said he's, he's clearly said <clears throat> that he thinks that the solution is uh, population control. That's the 100. percent Well, he's the, never the said, you know, so he's yeah. uh, he's asked experts to say, you know, uh, what do you think some of the issues are, and they talk about population, and he says we got to get ourselves under control. All things are possible, but like under control, you're like. What do you mean by that, Jeff? What exactly? <laughs> like, here's here's, I. Here's what I'm like. I, I, this is what I wrote down. I said, mm -hmm. is he talking about less humans? You know, if he's talking about less humans, how how less humans? How is he talking about population control? Because or is he talking about us going back to living like we were in you know the 1700s as pioneers? And then you go, okay, maybe that's too extreme. Maybe that's too extreme. Maybe what he's just trying to say is everybody, we need to chill the fuck out and reduce our consumption. But he doesn't really say that. He doesn't say that. He doesn't really clearly say what degree we need to dial it back. Because it seems like everything we do, like he says up here, it's not the one thing we do. It's not the carbon monoxide, you know, uh, molecule that's destroying. It's everything we are doing. So we need to tone it all back. But, but how much, who knows, doesn't, doesn't really say. But he then will tell us that fossil fuels are bad. You know what else is bad? Solar's bad. Wind's bad. Biomass fuel is bad. Electric cars are bad, along with regular regular car. He doesn't even bring up nuclear. That's actually a big part of this. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even talk about nuclear. It's just left. Things are certain left. Hydroelectric left out. Nuclear left out. Different things left out. Right. So then you go. So what do you want? Like what form of energy are you going to endorse in this in this world? And he kind of just sells us this weird mm -hmm. thought process through a bunch of you know, gotcha journalism. I don't know. It just like, how about you lead by example? Okay. If you're against all the energy consumption, yeah. What's the ideal energy consumption that should be uh, done per capita per individual? 
how are you living your life such that we should use you as a role model in order to reduce our own energy consumption mr millionaire mr flying around uh interviewing people across the country i i, hard, uh, I highly doubt that, he's a millionaire well i imagine that requires some well i know michael moore's a millionaire and he's attached with affiliate with him so i wouldn't be surprised right. but uh all that to say is that in order to travel meet all these people i assume that needs uh, you know some fuel I assume you didn't do this whole thing on an electric car or else you would have touted that or something. But no, you're actually <laughs> hating on electric cars. And this is, this is one thing that I will say actually on the subject of electric cars is that people say that, oh, you know, it's all mining, it's still required, there's still all the processing. Yeah, that's called mining, melting, smelting, that whole refining process. Remember this one thing, if it's not grown, it's mined. Okay, if it's not grown, it's mined. Everything again going back to this guy's camera is mined and when we look at the emissions that come from mining versus driving so this is an interesting point is that when if we were to have a system a, a fleet where a majority of the cars were electric then that would mean that we have a centralized output of carbon right that's happening primarily at the mines as opposed to the emissions taking place in the cities where people live where there's little kids where there's people that are old that are more susceptible to the health impacts of these emissions so when people say oh it makes no difference there's still emissions but they're coming just out of the mine well i will point out there are very big health impacts that do take place due to the change in the source location of those carbon emissions because it's very well known that they are, that these emissions that happen due to combustion have a negative impact on people's health so people in cities have these types of issues uh, that people that are living in the country do not have due to uh, air and there's some subtleties around that with regards to how things change downwind downstream of cities so but we'll not get into that but as a rule of thumb you can say that the air in a city is much dirtier than the air mm. in the country so right. again if we remove all the pollutions which when you think of each car it's a small source of pollution driving throughout your city so we take all that scattered pollution and concentrate it in one place for people to avoid the value or to ignore the value of that in terms of our health impact, I think is disingenuous to the uh, to, 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 to what it means, actually, because these are very measured and real impacts, the health impacts that do occur due to driving uh, and, and the combustion. Hmm. And um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's pretty irresponsible to uh, keep keep that side of the discussion out of this whole conversation. You know what I'm thinking, though? I think Jeff uh, Gibbs is here's what i'm just speculating here but he clearly doesn't like capitalism okay yeah and okay he seems it's like cancer he disgusting disgusting right and he doesn't like this industrial world he, he thinks he's been duped he feels like the american people have been duped and maybe personally he's been duped by greenwashing to believe something not and he wants to bring this to the attention of people that there's some fuckery afoot here, right? But I think he is a man that is deeply, um, you know, deeply affected and deeply dislikes the current state of everything. So I don't think he actually could put out his solutions because I think fundamentally he's trying to point out that the world is fucked. 
Like there is no tweaking yeah. this current system in a way that would satisfy this man's. Sounds this, like some sixteen-year-old like emo kid like writing in his diary, like all oh, tripped out but, about the world. But doesn't it? Like yeah. when you think about it, like it's like, like I was dude, like, like, the, like the fact that he doesn't actually talk to anybody about the benefits or how how to really like like the, the direction he went in he he's just trying to distill in his viewers this very pessimistic view of humanity and the world we live yeah. in and it, it's just so biased i want to get into that a little bit too because we Go talked uh, we talked a little bit about the uh flaws in terms of him putting out um related to technology and how all the technology is worthless da, 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 him shitting on technology but i want to talk about the bias that this man clearly has you know some of the things such as like the the which is you know of course to be known with every type of of, uh, documentary but some people look at documentaries as facts so that's mm. why it's important to state these things yeah. because things that are intrinsically obvious to ourselves might not be to other people but yeah i mean and that's the danger thing, yeah and like, and like just like the the stuff that he used in terms of like the the, the camera angles where he would depict people in a certain way where it's like a fish eye lens <laughs> and you would see the person talking and then it would it would, it would be really focused on their face so there would be like some like distorted character he would almost intentionally make them look like a clown so that you wouldn't take them seriously which again is really disingenuous if you're trying to have an honest conversation yeah. if you're trying to have an honest conversation do not depict your uh the person that is on the opposing side as a goofball so okay that's how you lose a discussion because it shows that you're not an individual of character because you have to stoop to making somebody look mm. like a freaking fool and then we're playing some like <laughs> like dopey music where like it's like a like like the the fish islands uh, zoomed in on the face they have like a big nose and shit like it's like and you're like oh <laughs> yeah. like yo who's yeah. this guy talking yeah what automatically was like Honestly? dude like come on man <clears throat> i get it you're a filmmaker and shit but don't try to make it look like oh i'm i'm biased i'm biased like dude yeah uh, th that stuff really uh drove me up the wall or, oh it's dirty um oh mining but cut to African children crying and uh, all like yeah it does happen 55 55 percent of the uh, global source of cobalt is from uh, the, Demo the Democratic Republic of Congo mm. okay 55 percent well what about all the rest of the uh, of the mine and how it is sourced and yes it is important I think to highlight how mining can be done in a very unethical way and that we should be moving towards more ethical ways of treating those individuals but that happens with more capitalism not with less capitalism that's the funny thing he shits on capitalism but if you want to look at those countries where they're not succeeding that's because they have less capitalism the mm. countries that are winning have more capitalism and this is something funny that this guy really does not uh, admit when you look at China and their growth 50-60 years ago they were in in, in the shits and they had to pretty much adopt capitalistic measures and tendencies in order to compete on the global stage and that's how they've been able to survive and thrive they have a freaking technocracy where they're run by engineers and scientists mm. and that have adopted the, the capitalistic market in order to grow their um, country out of wealth how much wealth and how much growth do the people of China uh, owe to do to capitalism mm. and yet this guy is saying that no Actually, capitalism, that's a, that's a bad idea. That's, yeah. that's no. Fundamentally, this is what this guy misses, that capitalism is the exchange, the voluntary exchange of goods and services between two individuals. Freaking Apple makes a great phone. Hey, I like that phone. I'm going to buy it. That's capitalism. It's really that simple. In those countries, when you point to, oh, but 
the labor for those countries is misused. It's taken to China, Thailand, India, whatever, Bangladesh. You know what the solution is? More capitalism in those countries because that means people would be able to exchange their labor for a fair wage. That's what capitalism is. You're able to take the rights of your own labor and negotiate it to demand a higher wage. And that's why China is actually kind of uh, in, in a hot mess right now because they have so much wealth that people are demanding a higher wage. So now they actually got to treat their people better. They got to pay them more or, you know, ship ship the work to a different location where, again, they have less capitalism involved and people don't have the ability to demand more value for their labor. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Going back to what you're saying about mining there is, you know, it's not lost on us that mining is inherently destructive. Like the, the, Mm-hmm. The way that you have to pull minerals out of the ground, it's not pretty. It's it's a destructive process. and By, by it, nature. By nature, by nature. And there's a spectrum of ways to do it. You know, you've got your one end, you've got your slave child labor. Okay? Which is horrible. Horrible. It's not to like, say that that's not uh, evil. That's a, it's very evil. If I haven't made that clear, actually, I should say that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think we need a virtue single. I think yeah. it's pretty obvious. should be obvious to anybody yeah. out there. We're not advocating that. But what we're trying to say is even on the other end of the spectrum, when you're doing mining in a well-regulated, you know, capitalistic society where there is a conscious effort to do it in a very um, uh, environmentally friendly, uh, less impactful way. There's still a lot of destruction. You still have to you get in there. But it is also, you know, that is just what it is. The the what you can do in those places that are 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 set up with all these environmental regulations and these accountability systems is do it in the best way possible and canada is making a move towards that canada is actually doing a very good job in trying to move mining towards more um environmentally sustainable practices um so there are countries and companies that are trying to do ethical mining that i mean it is starting to become a thing mining does have a history of very shady business this is 100 percent true mm. but to ignore the fact that there's been improvements uh, you know again it's you're not having an honest discussion about the true nature of things you're painting things in this doom and gloom and horrific and why don't we just go all go kill ourselves vibe that's just like yeah yeah really whack yeah it was that was uh that was a vibe. That was a vibe. The vibe of like, you are a problem. You, yeah. you know, at the end of this, if you are, if you're not the person to dismiss it right out of hand, because there's people that are going to, you know, that's what we got to talk about too. So the audience that watches documentaries, and you, t- you talked about this earlier, mm-hmm. some are young, impressionable, impressionable people that are going to assume that these are fact and these are mm-hmm. going to shape how they think about the world mm-hmm. right there are environmentalists that look at this and just laugh see how it's outdated how it's misleading but there's a lot of people that aren't going to get that there's going to be also people that look at this and go this is just crazy because they don't even see the environment as a huge issue they're kind of separate from that too so there's all all levels but i want to focus in on mm-hmm. the group that 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 is not smart enough to realize necessarily the inherent biases that this um, documentary has and the overall message it's leaving those people with I think that's disgusting I think it's very sad that like that is 
the you know on earth day a day where we want to talk about our relationship humans with the planet we live on and the resources that keep us alive and how we celebrate our relationship with the earth i mean why why does a movie like a documentary should i i should say like this get eight million views. Well, I can't understand. Man, it's not even a documentary. It's a it's a mockumentary. Honestly, that <laughs> well, I, I, I'm willing to call well, it that. Yeah, but I'm it, gonna go there. At least mockumentaries it, it's, are it's humorous and satire. Yeah, like you know. it, it's almost like so over exaggerated that it mocks itself. It's almost like satirical because it's so overblown. But like he's not even trying to do it that way. But it just <laughs> comes off that way because like it's just so ridiculous. Man. Those montages, man. <laughs> Like it was like, oh wow, yeah, yeah. A lot of creative liberty for sure. A lot yeah. of creative liberty, and yeah, like it, it's it's really funny that somebody like that is trying to pour, like you know, portray his message and his view of the world. And I, it's like I get it that it's it's your point of view, but at least, at least be honest with it that. I don't know. Mm, it just, it just yeah. came off as just really, really dishonest. Like, like misleading. Like, yeah. This is what I'll say. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it a bit more, it's like he tries to come off as like, okay, these are my honest thoughts. Yeah. But yet, in coming to his honest conclusion, he does it in a very dishonest way. So I think if I were to say it in in a way that really sums it up, that mm. that it leaves you with that feeling where he's trying to be honest. Right. Okay. These are my true feelings. I've been looking for a solution. I've been looking for, you know, uh, green energy. That was my uh, thing. But then I realized, okay, greenwashing. It's been all spoiled by the profit motive, so it's no longer good. And then now he's coming to the conclusion that okay, it's 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 all it's all shit. But meanwhile, we're doing like the shittiest investigative work ever. Right. Like you, like are the most trash journalist if. All you had was a bunch of lame freaking interviews <laughs> like, like with some people where you may put them on a fish eye lens to make them look ridiculous. I think <laughs> that like you make a point there that, you know, he seemed to be genuine in his dismay and his, mm. you know, his his thoughts on this. But so either he's incompetent in the ability to research things and and like re-research things especially so much of what he 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 interviewed people about he just kind of left them to say it and then didn't really follow up with anybody else's opinions on it or if there's even like like easy research on his own he could probably find out some things that might might ask some questions or need to find a second opinion it was a narrative he had a narrative he had a narrative and now maybe you might say he's fallen into into a rut he's fallen into the echo channel he is you know in his attempt to do gotcha journalism which okay about that fish lens things it's not even like it's a secret camera like, if it's a hidden camera that you want to get a wide lens on yeah. so you can see a lot more it was like obviously this guy's doing an interview i can picture them you know <laughs> like, like there's a camera right beside him why was what's with that goofy lens and then also you know i, I get he's trying to expose these fraudulent companies that are greenwashing and, and and do it but sometimes when he was asking people questions i got this feeling like he thought every time they didn't have a response was him being like gotcha yeah yeah, yeah that's right that's because you're lying yeah. but like it his gotcha questions weren't even like they the answer may either that person didn't even have an answer maybe that person was lying but he didn't like everything he did was like yeah 
Yeah, like he you had lying. The conclusion, like yeah, he had he the conclusion knew. in mind. He had the premise in mind, and he yeah. was just essentially shaping the questions to uh, Make promote them, his agenda. Agenda and, and trip him up again. It goes back to he. It seemed like he comes off like he's trying to be honest. Oh, this is my honest take. But then he's going about the actual detective work that's needed in a very dishonest manner. And he's so doing it's just, it's just at like events. On, like how people aren't sitting down and having like a three hour podcast to really like discuss it with an individual, which mm -hmm. nobody I think would do it with this guy because they know how he, he, he likes to get people, you know, it cuts, catch them off guard. Mm -hmm. But it's like the catch you off guard stuff is, uh, it just never really leads to the discussion or in my opinion, often the uh, like, the root of like what this person's thinking is whether they're in the wrong or not yeah. it just never does that you know amount of, yeah. of research and and it just like everything was built on that premise of, it leads of, to more like a deer in the headlights mm -hmm. feeling by that individual mm -hmm. which takes you to a more primal state and then mm -hmm. that way you're not really ready to have a proper conversation to have a proper discussion because people somebody like really caught you off guard like wait what is like they the way that he poses questions yeah it's not conducive towards having a good discussion no. you're actually getting into things it's just like it's almost more hostile like, yes it's very hostile yeah. you're very off put by it you, you, like the question they ask like it's like what it's like yeah. again it just shows that this dude has an agenda and he was just trying to convey it and mm -hmm. so is um kind of the humans i don't know um do you have any other takes on this? I think we kind of covered two a lot thumbs of it. down. Yeah, two Planet of the Humans. That's our review. Well, that's my mm -hmm. review. Yeah, Planet but. of the Humans, really a a poor look at um, the currency of technology. Doesn't really look at the best available practices, best available technologies available. So it fails from a science and engineering perspective. Um, it fails from a investigative journalism perspective because. He doesn't try to provide a fair, balanced point of view from different um, uh, perspectives, but rather, um, as we discussed, plays a gotcha journalism type of game where instead yeah. of having a deep discussion on the nuances of these complex subjects, because these are complex subjects, he just asks, asks these basic questions that lead people into a more like fight or flight instinct, like who is this guy, does he have an agenda, da da da. And um, comes off as uh, dishonest and disingenuous. It comes off as somebody that is um, conveying, trying to convey themselves in an honest manner, but in reality, it's being done in a very dishonest way. And considering the fact that this man has a lot of um, uh, power and sway, Michael Moore and this individual, due to the capitalist system that they are now shitting on, I think it's really ironic and hypocritical the the things that again they were talking about because capitalism and the mining and the things that they dislike have actually allowed them to create this this piece of art let's call it that mm. um yeah one one uh, mm -hmm. uh video i want to plug which is not associated with us at all but if you watched plant with your humans and you want uh, a debunked video i haven't finished it but uh, there's one called Planet of the Humans debunked by Now You Know, which from what I've watched does a good job of detailing um, some of the, the documentary in detail and debunking bits of it. Mm -hmm. So if this is not, you know, the level of detail you want and you are looking for more, I'd say check out that check video. Check out that video, yeah. Um, anything else that we haven't touched on for this, would you say? 
I think we said it all, really. Yeah, so um, that's First Principles Podcast, guys. Um, Planet of the Humans, let us know what you guys thought of the movie. Did you see it? Did you like it? Um, what are your thoughts? Do you think that the things that we're saying have some merit to them, or are we uh, ridiculous? Is, are we at the end? Is, <laughs> yeah. is it doom and gloom? Should we be worried? Should we truly be in a doom and gloom mindset because things truly cannot be reversed? I like to be a bit more optimistic, but hey, let us know what you think. And if you have any suggestions for different subject matters you'd like us to go into, uh, please let us know. Leave yeah. a comment. And um, First Principles Podcast, Breakdown from the Ground Up, baby. So we'll, sit, we'll catch you next time. Peace.